Kia ora and welcome to the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast, where our guests provide awesome tactics and insights to help move your business towards its aspirations. Kia ora and welcome to episode number 13 of the New Zealand Small Business and Entrepreneur Festival podcast. My name is Craig Murray and today we've got a special guest, Flavio Hangata, and today we are going to focus our conversation on bootstrapping. So if you don't know what bootstrapping a business is, you definitely will after this podcast and the reasons why bootstrapping may be the option that you need to think about to start your next business. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Flavio into the stream. Kia ora. Kia ora. How you going, man? Yeah, very good. Thank you for having me. And episode 13, it's a good number. Episode 13, it's lucky for me. <laughs> so, so like all podcasts, I always, I always do the podcast based here in Otsurua, middle of the North Island in New Zealand. Whereabouts are you? I'm also in New Zealand and I'm in beautiful Auckland. Auckland, coming out of lockdown, rolling into summer. It's going to be good. We're, we're, we're recording this on the beginning of our summer in New Zealand, um, December the 2nd. And it is, we're leading up into Christmas. It's going to be super fun. So I always ask every guest what your first ever job was, like your first ever paid job. And then if you could just roll into your sort of business or career origin story right from back when you started to where you are now and the things that you do. And then we'll dig in a little bit after that. Sure. Um, so my first ever job, that's a good question. Does um, a self-created job count? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, gr- I grew up in Germany and I was uh, spent a lot of time between Switzerland and Germany. And um, so the first job, my, <laughs> I remember I can recall a time where uh, when I was younger, my grandma used to always get me these thick, like big page books for Christmas, birthdays, trying to get me all, uh, I guess, educated into reading books, but I, I wasn't that interested in it. And my brother and I, we used to take all that stuff, like the books, um, the clothes with the high collars that our grandma used to give us. And we took them to the flea market, uh, just a local flea market. And uh, for like a half a Saturday, early in the morning till the afternoon, we're selling those books, selling those shirts. And it was quite a cool experience. It was really fun, actually. That was probably the first time I learned how to make money or exchange goods for money. So then what was your first like career-based job where you're like, okay, this is, I'm, a, I'm an adult now. I've got an adult yep. job and this is me. I'm still not an adult actually. <laughs> Neither am <laughs> I. Still not there. Um, so uh, once we moved to New Zealand, I was 16 and um, the first one, so this is still while I was at high school, but it was stacking shelves in the supermarket. And um, yeah, and in the Coromandel and Thames actually, that's the first place we moved to the metropole of the Coromandel. And um, yeah, I was working in, in pack and save there. Cool. So where are you at? So what sort of things do you do now? And, um, and let's, let's have a little bit of a chat about your current business and, and what you do. <clears throat> sure. So uh, my journey, uh, and I guess this sort of goes back into the question that you had earlier, like the first professional job, uh, my career job, the first one was in sales. And so I started in the ICT and telecommunication sector. And my job was to generate revenue for the for companies. And so it was going out, hunting for other businesses that we could acquire as customers. And 
during that time, they became really good at making other people money. And sort of through that process, I, I sort of started reflecting and I'm like, hey, hold on. If, if I can help other people make money, why don't I do that for my own business? And uh, that's when I first got into entrepreneurship. And I started a couple of companies with friends. And I guess essentially this is sort of what I do now is build companies, helping people grow companies. Like during my time as an entrepreneur, I got heavily involved with business accelerators here in New Zealand. Um, I came on board as one of the program directors designing accelerator programs. So this is uh, like three to six month programs where um, companies would come in and they learn how they can acquire their first few customers, like get from one to 10 customers, 10 to 100 customers. And um, during that time, what I saw, what I learned was that like we, as Kiwis, we create some amazing products, like awesome products. But unfortunately, we're not so good at actually taking these products to market because like we learn software coding, we learn a trade, we learn a service, but we don't learn how to sell these. And that's what led me to start my company now, where we help people uh, with customer acquisition, finding finding business, making money. It sort of sounds like you're, uh, as I've heard a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk say, a purebred entrepreneur. Your first ever job was flipping stuff, um, flipping stuff at a flea market, and and you realise that um, career life um, in sales is, is not really for you. And then now you, now you're doing doing it for yourself so congratulations on that it's a, it is a it is a great um trait to have and and hard as well thank you it's um it's it's i was quite fortunate actually finding finding that path by accident it's it makes sense in hindsight but it didn't make sense at the time and i was very fortunate to learn quite quickly that i loved working with people but in my rules or with my rules <laughs> so another question i ask all of the guests as well is what their favorite brand is and why that brand is your favorite. So I love brands like Apple because they've created like a cult following. Um, I love Nike because they have got an amazing origin story. If you haven't read the book, shoe dog, highly recommend the book. Um, and but, but if I think about a brand that, that I really love, it's actually a personal brand of a, um, a business coach in Australia uh, called Taki. And like he goes on stage and speaks. He's got a long T-shirt on. He's barefoot. He's super casual. He's just really his authentic self. And everything that he touches, everything that he puts out is him as a brand, is so authentic and congruent between who he is and his market and, and who he helps. And I'm like, like, that's an awesome brand. And I always look at that and that's what I want to have in my business. You're the second person to, when I ask that question to say that actually I'm not going to focus on a brand. I'm going to focus on a person because it's, um, and then, and they describe someone similar to what you said, that they, they, their authentic self all the way through. And then it's, it's, it's inspiring to see someone who has, hasn't changed, but um, is doing such great things in, in the world and in New Zealand or wherever they're based. Mm. So today we're going to be focusing our, our conversation on generating revenue for a startup business. So when I, say, when I say startup, anyway, I mean any sort of business, whether you're a plumber, you're an electrician, you're a cafe, you own an events company, AV company, whatever that might be. 
and we're going to focus a bit of our time on bootstrapping. So I thought for the purposes of this podcast, so you, like bootstrapping gets talked a lot, especially if you listen to sort of tech podcasts. What is bootstrapping? Good question. And um, if you have a look at the definition of bootstrapping, I think it's something like well, where the terminology came from was uh, getting like holding yourself up at the straps of your boot, right? So it's rather than getting external help, it's like you're doing it yourself. And bootstrapping a company is all about growing a company without a million dollars worth of budget, uh, creating these amazing products, and then spending tons of marketing money and like on agencies and marketing and beautiful brands. It's really about through lean process, like being lean in your methodology and slowly growing, it's not slowly, but sustainably growing your business, making money and um, limiting your costs as much as possible to, to, to sustain that growth and continue growing. That's my definition. <laughs> so if, as an example, if I've got an idea and I've, I've got a current career job, and then I've got a side hustle or a side job where ultimately the, the end goal would be for me to leave the current job that I'm in and go all in on the side hustle. Yeah. But you're starting to slowly build momentum. Would that be a form of bootstrapping where instead of going to the bank or going to a fintech or going to try and get a co-founder or a partner or, or something like that, would just be slowly building up, building up reputation, building up some value putting up some revenue and then you can say, look, it's safe now to jump out of this safety net and then jump into that. Is that a form of bootstrapping? Definitely. Yep. And um, like just to touch on that side hustle piece, when I see like people successfully growing a side hustle, they have a full-time job and they keep that side hustle and, and work at it to make some money first and really make sure they build it up on the side as well as generating income from the normal day-to-day -day job. And once that then grows to a certain amount, you can free up some time, quit your job, or even better, slowly start reducing the amount of days that you work in your job, and then purely focus on your side hustle, which now becomes your main hustle. And so um, yeah, so disclaimer, that is exactly <laughs> what, what I did. So I got to a point in my career job, which was when I said, hey, look, CEO, this is my scenario. I've got this bit and it's starting to take over a hell of a lot of time. I've got my kids, my family, and, and my focus has changed a little bit. Can I reduce my hours down to six or oh, whatever? I went down to three days a week. Awesome. And it was, yes. And I could call that means I could spend two days a week on my side hustle. I still got the safety net here. And then I gave them a 18 month sort of plan of a, an 18 months. I'm out. Okay. This is, this is my plan out. So I was pretty honest and upfront or if that comes early. So that was exactly how I did it. And what are, what are yeah. some other options, uh, if it wasn't for bootstrapping, some other options where you're not going to be, I suppose, tied down too much to um, a big bank loan or? Like, um, like I'm, I'm not a financial advisor, just to, to say that, but I've raised <laughs> capital in my own businesses. I've bootstrapped my own companies um, and, I've, and I've helped other people raise capital. And... Like the, the key options that I usually see is one, you have like the first one is friends, family, and any fool that would lend you some cash to start your business. Like those are the three Fs, right? And, but you also have cash loans. And in the beginning stages, 
you might, you know, put a loan out against your car or um, I've seen people remortgage their house and so on um, as collateral towards getting a bank loan. Uh, it's a bit hard to get a bank loan sometimes um, unless you buy assets or have a really solid business plan. You can also raise capital from investors. And this is uh, something that we've always done in the in the tech space where um, you get some seed investment, which means, you know, you might get 50 grand or 100 grand, maybe uh, 500 grand of investment to help you create a product um, Get sort of that product market fit. So you've identified a need in the market. You have got an idea or a concept. You've got small proof that it will work. You raise some capital, small amounts to then help you flesh it out and build a bit of a business around it. And then you might raise more capital on the back of that. Um, and then I think my most favorite one is still bootstrapping. And it's not the easiest. Um, they all have pros and cons to each one. But... Bootstrapping is then about building a sustainable business and going after revenue rather than building one of these highly inflated, zero revenue, fast growth companies that doesn't actually generate any money. So for the 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 option, I think it was option B, which was going to an investor to try and get some some capital to help fast forward the business, I suppose, or, or kick it off with a, with a bit mm. of financial support. How do you go about doing that? And where do you find these people that have got, got some money to invest in your, in your business? Good question. And um, I think like before you do that, entrepreneurs should be very clear as to why they need cash. Like what's the reason they need cash? And like I've made this mistake myself where it was just everyone else was raising capital. So we figured we needed to raise some capital. Um, but be very clear what kind of business you want to build. Is it going to be a business for your lifestyle? Like you want to have uh, like a, a job that provides for you. You can spend more time with family. You can have a great lifestyle. Or is it something that you want to build, take global and build like a hundred million dollar company? Because the, they take very different approaches. And when you look for investors, you have a lot of angel investor networks. Uh, they're throughout New Zealand. Um, you can find them overseas. Uh, these are professional angel investors. They're usually um, corporates, uh, people that made money or inherited money. They're part of these networks where you can come in and you do a pitch, like you present your idea, you present your business model, you present your market and the growth opportunity. And on the back of that, you might find some champions within that angel group who then help you to raise capital. And Sometimes you need to go through all the angel investment groups to raise enough capital. It might just not be from one. It could be from five, six, or seven different angels, depending on how much you need to raise. But generally speaking, you have one angel group and then more investors on the back of that when you look to raise like a significant chunk of cash, which might be um, a million and a half or your two million, three million, and so on. So what's the trade-off when you start um, asking these angel investors for money? Are you giving away equity, equity in the business? So you're giving away like 5%, 10%, 20% or whatever that might be? Yeah, definitely. You give away equity. And the less proven your business is, the less, the less you can demonstrate that your business works. And for every 10 bucks I put in, I get out $100, like sort of that type of mathematics. Mm -hmm. The less you have of that means the more uncertainty there is of whether you can actually repay that money. 
And the higher that uncertainty, the more risk there is in your business. And the more risk, the more equity you need to give away. That's sort of general, uh, general rule of thumb. With angel investors, it used to be that they try to squeeze like a huge equity stake out of companies. Now, when that happens, entrepreneurs quite quickly, like the enthusiasm for running a company that they don't own significantly drops. And no one wants to run a company that they don't own. They don't make much money in the beginning and it's, it's tough, right? And so now angel investors understand that it needs to be a fair deal between what the um, entrepreneur owns in the company and how much stake they take for how much money they put in based on the valuation of the company. So how do, are there any resources or are there any ways that, let's say if um, I'm a business and I'm, I'm looking for angel investment, but I need to get pre-prepared for that. And I have, I know what they are. I can Google them and find out what angel, angel investors are and what they require. But what sort of documentation and things do we need to go? Well, the, the way that my brain works is that I'm figuring it's going to be something like a shark tank where you walk in these big doors and there's these... <laughs> There's just people sitting there standing up and you've got to prove to them that your idea is a good idea for them to, to invest in. So is, is there a standard way of doing it or is there um, you just roll up and just do it however you, whichever way you want? It's pretty much like Shark Tank. No. <laughs> um, I think it's, it's very easy to get carried away with um, like writing extensive business plans. I think mm -hmm. business plan is very important. It's got its place. But to get investment from investors, it's not about a business plan. Like a business plan is part of it, but also how much you can actually connect with the investors. Like, do they actually trust you to build what you say you're going to build? Okay. And so if you're looking for investment, it's not as simple as do your pitch and they throw <laughs> lots of cash at you at the end of the pitch and go, yes, and everyone high fives and drink yeah. champagne. <laughs> like shark tanks now. Uh, Mark yeah. rolls out a cigar or something. Yeah. Um, it's it's very it's it can take it can take time and it can take three months. It can take six months. So if you need cash by March next year, you should have started two months ago to look for cash. Like it, it takes time because you need to build trust and you need to connect with the investors because obviously it's a partnership as well. Mm. Mm. Cool. So I suppose you got to you got to go and having a clear understanding of what you need to <coughs> for, how much you're willing to um, trade off for that money as well, and then ensuring that the people you sort of know that uh, you can read the room a little bit, so you know that Mark Cuban's going to be there and he's going to be the dude who's going to help you um, um, on on the e-commerce space, and there's some other person there who's going to help you in the um, distribution space, and, and and you want need to be able to choose which person is best going to suit your business and and your lack of skill set, I suppose, in, in that space. Cool. So could you give us some examples of businesses and success, reasonably successful businesses that have grown from the bootstrapping process? Yeah. There are actually um, quite a few companies, like international, global companies that bootstrap their growth. Actually, before I mentioned the brand Nike, right? Nike they started off with their own money. Like the um, Stephen Knight, the founder, he borrowed money from family and he put his own money into it, into building a brand. And they actually started off as an importing company and distributor for another brand. And they were forced to 
to uh, shift when their suppliers didn't want to supply them any shoes anymore. But that's a different story. So Nike is a very good example. But um, here in New Zealand, a very successful company is uh, Snapcoms, a software company that started off um, like as a software product, but they, they were self-funded. They, they funded their own growth. They put their money towards it and slowly built out the company. And um, there's actually a book that the founder wrote, and it's called, um, I think it's Bootstrapping is actually the title of the book, hmm. um, if anyone's interested in their journey. But there are lots of examples. Atlassian um, is another example. Facebook started off bootstrapping as well. And it took some time until they actually raised capital or had the right investors on board. So what are some of the pros and cons of bootstrapping and raising capital? Um, lots. So bootstrapping is not easy, right? Like you, you are running lean. You don't have much money to spend. And in the beginning, like for anyone starting off a business, in the beginning, you wear the hat of marketing. You are the salesperson. You are the customer service person. You are the, the product manager where like you manage what you create. <coughs> if you have got an e-commerce business, like you're the warehouse and logistics person, you wear all these different hats. You're the and CFO, you have, HR. CFO, HR, everything, yeah. Like there's no time and you don't have enough money to necessarily bring in other people. So everything is super lean. And you and I were talking before, right? Like in the beginning, you need to do your own logo. You need to create your own marketing material you need to write your own copy you need to do all of that stuff yourself and so that's bootstrapping and um there's a an investor in the states who says that bootstrapping takes roughly four years longer than a company that's capital that raised some capital but the learnings you take away are that you've got a business that's profitable like it actually runs and, and turns money it turns revenue and you the build business. a company <laughs> Yeah, and, and you build a company that actually, um, you know, matches how you want to build it versus capital raising where, like, some companies, right, they raise a million dollars, but they have zero customers. And then they spend a lot of money on refining the product and, and playing around, making it better, and still figuring out how to actually acquire customers. And sometimes they raise a lot of money, but then they rapidly, like, with money come expectations, on how fast you grow, on how many customers you have, how much revenue you generate. Because if you can't deliver on the outcomes, then you might not get a follow-on round to sustain the growth because usually you build the infrastructure first and then get the customers. Whereas with bootstrapping, oftentimes you get the customers and then build the infrastructure. So it's the other way around. Mm. And mm. Um, if you've got a capital-intensive company, you need to raise capital. Like sometimes it just costs like half a million dollars just in research and development, or you need to have stock on hand, or you need to build a factory or get a warehouse. But if you don't need that stuff, and oftentimes you don't, then you can do bootstrapping and you can self-fund. Mm. So <clears throat> it sort of sounds like that capital, like raising funds, like getting a bank loan or angel investor, you're gonna move a bit faster doesn't mean that you're going to be moving faster towards being successful, let's say. So bootstrapping could potentially be uh, a safer option. might take a little bit longer, more like a marathon. 
but then you're going to have a clear idea of every single element of your of your business and you're going to have be able to create something more sustainable do you think that's about um correct yeah bang on yeah that's a good summary yeah yeah so, so what sort of businesses would you suggest could bootstrap compared to those that need capital so i'm thinking like small businesses in new zealand like when you say bootstrapping or startups i in my mind anyway i, I instantly start to think of tech startups and tech tech based businesses but there's a lot more to um, businesses and entrepreneurship than just tech-based businesses where there could be a florist, there could be a, a tennis coach, there could be a, I don't know, there could be whatever. Yeah. So do you think that there are, for for different industries, there's different types of capital needed at, at the beginning? Um, definitely, 100%. And, you know, if you go to traditional businesses and, and you might be a tennis coach or maybe you are a consultant, like an IT consultant, or um, you're a mechanic. You could start off by being a mobile mechanic versus a mechanic who has their own workshop with lifts and like a sexy set of tools, like all the tools you can possibly think of. Mm. You can have a, you can be a mobile me a van mechanic. Um, for a tennis coach, you don't need a fancy website. What you do need is customers and you can find them at local networking events. You can find them at um, community events. You can have a Facebook group. You can collaborate with other sports coaches. And, and so there are lots of different ways where you don't need capital where bootstrapping is really good. But um, yeah, it's very different when, when it's capital intensive. Does it answer your question? It does answer the question. Yeah. So, the question was really to see whether or not there's a difference from like start this like startups are, are tech based which in my mind but anyone can be a startup i'm i'm a startup business myself I'm, i am a, i started up a business that is focused on more on events whether that's conferences festivals um action sports events and i need capital to to help ensure that those events are run at, a, at, at the level that I, I want them to be run at so i suppose is there any advice that you'd give to a business right now who is, or maybe they're not even a business yet and they're just something that's in up up here and they really want to, they've always wanted to do this thing, but they just didn't know how to do it. And maybe bootstrapping is, is the way that they want to do it. Can you give some advice and maybe a, uh, a bit of a, a sort of a process of what they could go through um, until they jump out of their full-time job and then go all in on their, whatever the business is. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> and um, so with bootstrapping, there, there are essentially three distinct layers. So the first one is it's self-funded. So you might get some cash from uh, some mates. Maybe um, obviously you can you can get a loan against your car or family might loan you $1,000 or $5,000, maybe more if you're lucky. And so you can start off with that, self-funded. And what that allows you to do is clear your headspace to just really figure out and play around, test a little bit of how you can acquire your customers. And it's not about acquiring a thousand customers, like figure out how to get the first customer. And once you figure out how to get that first customer, then have a think about, okay, we, we know people want to pay for stuff. Like, that's good. It's, it sort of gives you a bit of confidence. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and once you've got that one, you then, you don't need to look at the next thousand, just look at the next 10. How are you going to get the next 10 customers? In the events business, 
sell your first ticket. And when you sell your first ticket, sell 10 more. And once you've got 10, then look at selling 100, right? That's exactly um, what it is. As soon as I see that one ticket sell, I'm like, yes. <laughs> it wasn't just a crazy idea. <laughs> it wasn't just stupid. Yeah. And so uh, like that 110, 100, 1,000, like that's the strategy that we use all the time <clears throat> in my businesses and with clients. And then revenue starts to come in. And then you just need to make sure that you optimize the operational costs, like how much it actually takes to run the business versus how much money comes in. But that funds then the next stage of growth. And you get to a certain level where then you go, okay, we're not growing fast enough. We now need to put fuel on it. And that's where you can look at bank loans or um, go to an, uh, an investment house or an investment bank to, to get some capital. Um, sort of th those, those are essentially the stages. And to, to map out the process, like we, over the last 18 months, we, we've achieved some amazing results with clients. Like they, they're now doing $2 million in the month in sales, some of them. Wow. And the, the three core pillars that we find work wonders when you bootstrap. And so people usually have them the wrong way around. <laughs> the, the first thing that, that, uh, any entrepreneur needs to, needs to take care of is their positioning in the market. And that is like, A, be really clear on what the vision is and what you want to build. And once you have that in mind, then be really clear on what category you want to play in. Like, how do you want to be perceived in the market? And being the cheapest in the market is like a bad game because you're not going to stick around for long. You're working you're working a lot without much money in return. So it's not about being the cheapest. It's about being different. So how do you want people to view your business? And then to add to that is um, how, how do you communicate that to people? How do you, what messages do you use? What keywords do you want to be resonating with your brand? That's, that's sort of the first pillar. And sort that out first. And once you have that, you can then jump into the second piece which is all around creating a process. Process of um, how you attract people. Like how do people become aware of your brand? And then secondly, how do you engage people then? How do you make sure they keep coming back? Or how do you make sure that if they don't buy today, at least they stay in touch with you to maybe buy later on? And, and um, also how do you then turn them into paying customers? And Process is so important, but people forget about it. And there's a study uh, by Harvard Business Review that looked at companies that had a really clear sales process versus companies that didn't. And the ones that did uh, in, uh, outperformed the other companies by 28%. Like mm -hmm. process is so key and making sure that you know what that process looks like. So you've got great positioning in the market. You've got a really good process for attracting, engaging, and converting customers. And then the last piece is actually putting fuel on the fire with more promotion. And that is, you now look at how do we ramp up our marketing? How do we run more events? How do we create better content and all that stuff? And the mistake that people do is they do it the wrong way around. They focus on promotion, 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 and it takes them an additional year to actually figure out that they need to position themselves differently. That's some, some epic advice. Our last question for the podcast today, and it's one that I ask all of our guests very last, if you could provide one 
solid piece of advice that you think would help a business right now, what would that piece of advice be? Sell. Sell first, then create. I think that's the, that's the biggest lesson. Um, I had a conversation yesterday with uh, one of our clients that, that, that almost hit $2 million this month. It didn't quite. But um, they always focused heavily on selling and marketing. Just get commitment from clients. Like a lot of entrepreneurs now, they've stopped selling and they're focusing on their product. Don't stop, like don't focus too much on the product or don't focus too much on your website right now. That comes later. Focus on booking meetings now. And if they're not talking to you now, book them in for January and just really focus on sales. And the reason I say that is because I've spent seven years in accelerators and incubators worked on about 400 projects uh, with go-to-market strategies and an amazing product still doesn't lead to success. Like I've seen inferior products, like worse products win because they focused heavily on sales and marketing and getting customers. So that would be my first point of advice. Don't stop selling. Don't stop selling. Hey Flavio, where could our audience find you? What is your website? FlavioHangarter.com. So it's my first name, last name.com. Um, you can find us there. Yeah, that's probably the best best place. We have a lot of a ton of free training, a lot of online training videos, unpacking a lot more around bootstrapping, uh, creating revenue in businesses. So if you we'll make sure that we've got Flavio Hangarter's website links down below. So if you do need to learn, if you want to learn a little bit more about bootstrapping just click on those links there but Flavio thank you so much for your time this has been another solid solid podcast it's really awesome and we'll definitely be doing another one in the, in the very near future but until then you, may, then you have a great Christmas and, and, and an awesome summer holiday in New Zealand and I'll, I'll catch you later on I really appreciate it thank you Craig it's been um, it's been amazing to be here and yeah thanks for having me anytime <laughs>